0: John 15, verse 13 to 14. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Luke 9, verse 23. And then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Romans 6 verse 5 to 14 Since we have been united with him in his death we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ we were set free from the power of sin and since we died with Christ we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give your lives completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead... You live under the freedom of God's grace.
1: Hi, friends, it is so, so good to be back with you, and my hope and prayer is that everything is well within your world. And I hope you're sitting comfortably, not too comfortable that you're going to fall asleep as I speak, uh, but hopefully in a way that you can listen, um, as it's just good, isn't it, to gather and have a moment to kind of say, Jesus, what is it you want to reveal to us? And that's my hope as I get to share briefly now, that Jesus would reveal something more of who he is and how he wants to shape our lives uh, together. And before we kind of get into these scriptures that Mona so excellently read for us, I just want to say it was great last weekend to have our first in-person gathering. Um, obviously, we're limited in terms of numbers who could be in the room, and it feels very different uh, from what it seemed like like normal, but, but the difference is good, and it was just great to see people's faces. And in it, we're going to keep doing these every other week, but um, in it, I want to just keep encouraging So Let's not... Um, give up and gathering. I think that we've learnt this moment is one where we're gathering in ways we'd have never imagined that we would uh, seek to do. And so whether it's in person with masks on and unable to talk to one another, uh, or in this moment now online where we can hear, but we're not in the room uh, together, which we miss seeing each other's faces. I just want to encourage us, let's keep gathering like this. Let's also be kind to ourselves as we navigate Uh, these next moments. I just recognize for myself, I love being around people, but having spent kind of over 12 months now not being around lots of different groups of people, it's tiring sometimes when you are with people. I don't know if you've found that as you get to have others and you meet with them outside or in your garden that you kind of get to the end of the time with them, you think, man, that was really good, but I just feel tired. It's just like that. we're going to have to find that we just need to be kind to ourselves as we begin to open up as a society, as we begin to be able to see one another more. Uh, and so I just want to encourage us. Let's, let's keep being patient. Let's keep being gracious to ourselves and to others uh, as we keep navigating this moment. But as Emily's already pointed to, as you saw through kind of the scripture kind of bookends, we are in a new series where we've called it The Way of the Cross. And in it, what we're going to see week in, week out, is these first two passages that Mona read out are like the launch pad of everything that we're going to look at. That this wonder that Jesus, out of his love for us, as revealed in John 15, was willing to give all in order that you and I could gain all. And that in us then gaining all, Jesus then invites us through Luke 9 to be those that follow his example out of all that we've gained from him to live seeking to offer all in our following of him, being willing to take up our cross daily and say, Jesus, I lay down my life for you. And we do that not out of a sense of duty or a condition, but rather, as we saw last week, a response of love. And I'd really encourage you, if you weren't able to gather with us last week, if you've not been able to listen yet online um, to the talk that we shared last week, or that I shared, actually, um, I'd really encourage you to listen to it. Not because I think I'm anything special, but rather I think it's the foundation of everything we're going to look at. Uh, And it's so, so important to realise that our willingness to offer all is always in a response to all that we have gained, which is Jesus. You see, what we discovered last week is this invitation to follow Jesus by taking up our cross is a daily invitation. It's a daily invitation that kind of we've said, let's apply it to some language that we kind of love and live in as a church, as a community, as a family. And that is that it's an invitation daily to pause To pause within the realities of the life that we're living in and say, in this moment, I hear afresh today your invitation, Jesus, to follow you by taking up my cross, being willing to lay down my all. And in that pause of us hearing and receiving that invitation, we then get to centre To centre on who Jesus is and the life that he comes and brings to us. The fact that life is him himself. Everything we celebrated last week that we come and daily receive afresh of Jesus with us. Jesus, the one who is our rock, the foundation of love that shapes our life. Jesus, the one who's the vine that we've been grafted into that sustains and strengthens us. Jesus, the one who is our shepherd, who protects and provides for us. And this Jesus who's with us also is the Jesus who comes and breathes his life into us. A life, as we saw last week, is a, a life characterized by love, acceptance, peace, joy, relationship, home, freedom, rest, purpose, and is eternal. And like, before we continue, like, literally into that word continue, I just want to stop here, like, like, how's it been this last week? Like we said last week, didn't we? Let's just give ourselves, not getting to the continue part, let's just give ourselves this last week to the pausing and centering, centering on the wonder of all that we receive in and with and through Jesus. Like, like how have you found it? Like, not as a kind of condemning thing, but as an encouragement. Like, I know for me, like, it it just takes effort, doesn't it? Like, to daily, like, stop within all that's going on and not to just quickly fire out some prayers of, I need help. But rather to say, Jesus, in this moment, I hear your invitation to follow you. To remember and receive everything that I have gained in and through you. Like for me, I've just found it that moments I've just had to take myself out of the situation. Often, I take my dogs for a walk, and in taking them for a walk, in those moments, I'm just saying, Jesus, I come now, and I pause and I receive through centering on You all that You have to offer for me. As I said, it's been saying for me particular moments saying, Jesus, I want to receive more of Your joy. I want to keep my eyes more and more on eternity, the fact that this isn't the end of the story. The best is yet to be. So I encourage you, like, let's keep living this way. Maybe for some of us who are suddenly thinking, ah, like I, I just didn't get to it. That's all right. Like, it's today. We're not living in yesterday. So today I invite you again, like, let's be those who are living, seeking to pause. Seeking to centre. And today, over the coming weeks, I want to then look at continue. See, as we live knowing all that we have gained in and through Jesus, that is Jesus, we then get to be those who continue in our lives, saying, in all that we've gained, we then seek to offer all. And today, I want to look at how we offer all In glory of God. That everything of who we are, we're seeking to say, yeah, I want to use who I am to glorify you, God. And to help us see what that looks like, to help us see how we do that, I want us to look then at this other passage that Mona so excellently read out in Romans 6, verses 5 to 14. See, through this passage, we get to see that we're those who are freed to offer all. See, the danger is that we could rush to say, okay, what does this look like then? Like, I'm often wired like that. Like, okay, what do I need to do? And yet, actually, it's so important that first of all, we get to understand, oh, no, we're free to live this way. The starting point isn't like, what do I need to muscle up? It's rather let me just step into everything that I've already got. That that changes our thinking, doesn't it? You see, Paul, in writing to the Romans in this part of the letter, like says, hey, you've got to understand we're those that have been liberated, freed. Freed to live away. Free, actually, to get back to how we were always designed to live. He says, what we've been freed from is from living outside of God's best for us. What what the Bible calls that is like sin, where we live outside of what God has designed, his best is good for us to live in. And what Paul writes and says, well, how we're able to now not live that way is because Jesus has liberated us. He's freed us from the power of sin. And what does that mean? Well, let's first characterize what the power of sin is. Well, you see, the power of sin is something that's seeking to dehumanize us. It's causing us to be less than we truly are meant to be, created to be, by causing us to be those who are seeking to take what we've never been given. But the power of sin doesn't only dehumanise us, it also seeks to destroy us. It seeks to destroy what is good, what would do us good, what would bring us joy, peace. seeks to destroy relationships with one another. You see it in the world around us. I see it within the world within me. But the power of sin not only seeks to dehumanize, doesn't only just seek to destroy, it also seeks to enslave. The power of sin is seeking to dominate, to cause to offer a solution to our desire for satisfaction, but the solution actually just enhances the problem. And we're left more and more dissatisfied, more and more kind of caught up in this problem that allows us to feel like this sense of destruction. Paul wants us to understand, I know, that power used to have power over us. But because of Jesus' death and resurrection, he has now broken the power of sin over you and I. He has liberated us, liberated us from that power in order that we be those who can live in the wonder of who we were truly created to be. So Paul writes in Romans 6 verse 13, like this is what we've been liberated for. He says, instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We've been liberated in order that we can offer all of who we are in glory of who God is. Like, this is amazing because it enables us to truly be who we were created to be as humans. Like, as humans, if you read the big story of the Bible, you find the big story of God that he creates humans to be what? To uniquely be on the planet, to be the bearers of his image. To reveal the wonder of who he is and to reveal the wonder of what he's about. And that we find that humanity, through that power of sin coming in, of choosing their own way rather than God's, actually sees that image broken. Jesus comes to restore that image comes to restore that image in you and in me in order that we be those that now are able to reveal the wonder of who God is. That's what it means to be those who seek to bring God glory. It means we get to be those who image God. Like, it doesn't mean we get to be those who just literally go around like saying, glory, glory. I don't know how you'd say it, but I often imagine that's how you're meant to say it. Glory! And that's not what it's talking about. It's not saying that we live lives like saying the word glory lots, or trying to say in as many different sentences, praise Jesus. No, no, it's about it shaping the whole of our lives, in how, how we're seeking to receive and how we're seeking to reveal the wonder of who God is. You see, the glory of God... It's his love, his kindness, his mercy, his goodness, his righteousness. And we get to be those that are liberated to live in the good of that and to reveal the wonder of it to the world around us. We get to truly be who we're created to be. And for it gets us then to the how. The how is all about the offering of our bodies. In verse 13, Paul writes, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Out of the life that Jesus has liberated us into, a life that allows us to be those that are saying, yeah, I want to cause all I have and all that I've gained to now be given in glory to God into revealing and living in the wonder of His goodness, His mercy, His kindness, His love, His rightness. We get to the offer the whole of ourselves to that. Like, do we though? Like, do I like do that? Like, what does it truly mean? Like the offer the whole of our bodies. As like, I love the word, like as an instrument, as something, that a tool, if you like, that is looking to continuously produce something. What it's looking to produce is a life that glories in who God is. Like, that like shapes our physicality. Like, we are embodied people. We are sensory people. It means like, Like what we look at, what we listen to, how well we listen to others, what we touch, what and how we eat, what we say is now all in glory to God. sobering, isn't it? Like, don't hear these things as condemnation as I'm going to carry on. We're probably going to get to points where we feel like a little bit convicted, but remember, we're liberated to live this way. This isn't about condemnation as we're going to see. But it's sobering, isn't it? Like like what I look at, what I listen to, where how I listen to others, what I touch, what and how I eat, what I say, that becomes my offering in glory of God, of revealing the, the wonder of his love, his goodness, his mercy, his righteousness. But I'm not only, it's not only about my physicality, it's also about my emotions. Like, part of who we are is we are emotional beings. We feel things. It's part of us imaging God, is God is one who is an emotional God. But again, it's like, With those emotions, with what we feel and how we act out of them. Like, are they our offering in glory to who God is? But it's not only our physicality, it's not only our emotions, it's also our minds. Like, what we think about what we contemplate, what we're allowing to play over in our minds. The kind of tracks that we're allowing to kind of shape our lives are those things that are glorifying God. I, I don't know about you, but it just feels like in this, as I've kind of thought it over, mould it over, it feels like, man, the rubber will and truly hits the road. Like last week is just great, isn't it? Like, look at everything we've gained in Jesus, Jesus himself, and then this week, it's like, man, and we offer all. We offer all of who we are in glory to God. And it feels sobering, doesn't it? it, it I don't know about you, but it feels like convicting. Because I, I look at it, and man, do I? Like, is how I am in my physicality, is how I am in my emotions, is how I am in my mind? Like, am I kind of like glorifying God? Or do I find myself like stumbling through life? I think Jesus is inviting us to intentionality. Actually, Paul's saying this. He's saying like, consider how you live. Like The way of the cross is a way of like intentionality of saying actually, yes, Jesus, I remember everything I've gained and I want that to shape today. I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow or yesterday. I want it to shape today. And in it, as we live with that intentionality and as we begin to live with it and think, yeah, this feels quite hard. Or maybe we think, man, I just feel like I've stuffed up. Like if I'm honest, if I was to be in the room at this moment with others and say, like, how am I living in this? How is my physicality? How are my emotions? How is my mind kind of glorifying God? I I have to say, man, I'm falling short. The point isn't to make us feel rubbish. The point isn't for us to feel like we failed. No, the point is to remember and be reminded of who we are. Like, here's the deal. Grace is needed. And do you know what the brilliant thing is? there is grace. Like Romans 14, verse 6 says this, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Right, this is the best news ever. See, the point isn't that we get to a point of feeling condemned. Yes, we may feel convicted, but in it, it's in order to liberate us because we're now who, because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, get to live lives that are covered by God's grace. And this means that we live with three realities. The first reality is this, freedom is guaranteed. The life that we get to enjoy in Jesus is all about how he lived, not how we live. Therefore, it doesn't ever change. When we feel like we've stuffed up, it doesn't change the reality of everything we enjoy in Jesus. That is good news. You cannot do anything more to make God love you anything less, any less. He loves you as much as He's ever going to love you, because of who Jesus is. First guarantee. Second guarantee is this: forgiveness is guaranteed. Like that is amazing, that where we feel like, man, I've messed up, I've fallen short. God is one who comes and continuously meets us with forgiveness. Like daily, I have to come to God and say, man, I totally fell short on this one. Like, if I think about it, that was not glorifying you. I'm sorry. And God always meets us with forgiveness. Third reality is this. Grace promises us provision is guaranteed. That because of what Jesus has done, that grace reveals God is unconditionally for us and he provides everything we need. And therefore, grace promises that provision that as we seek to live this way of offering all, the Holy Spirit longs to give us everything we need to live this way, to guide us in living that way. If we get back to that daily invitation, a daily invitation to take up our cross to take up our cross, understanding all that we have gained in Jesus, in order that we can offer all in glory of God. Just where you are, I just want to encourage you, just consider for a moment. Consider everything that you've gained in Jesus. And then it's out of that response of then saying, Jesus, I therefore want to offer all. I want to offer all to glorify God. And for some of us, it means that today we're saying we're not going to live like we did yesterday we're not going to live shaped by that we're not going to leave condemned by that but rather we're going to live saying we enter now into the liberation of all that you've afforded us jesus we want to live saying jesus i offer all all of who i am for others of us we said no that, i kind of know that, that that is how i'm seeking to live and for us it's like saying no I come again today and say, Jesus, I offer you all. Maybe for one or two of us, like we're coming in and we're on this journey of saying like, Jesus, like I come and just say that I see more and more of who you are. And with what I know of who you are, I've never done this before, but I want to say I too come and I offer all of who I am out of everything that I get to receive of who you are. And I wanna live seeking to glorify God. And I wanna encourage us in this moment to do something maybe that feels a bit vulnerable, but I think it's just good to do because suddenly it reminds us that we're not just a, we're just not watching something, we're participating in something. We're not just by ourselves in our room, we're with others across the city and others in other parts of this nation and nations. And in this, I want us to jump on the chat and just simply type in, I offer all. And as we type that in, I then want to pray for us. Where we are, it's going to pray for us, Jesus. I thank you. You know every single individual. I pray for those of us who feel like we, we've just we've messed up a bit. We know that we've not been living how we are liberated to live. We've not been living in the good of everything that you've afforded us and. Jesus, I pray for us. I pray that we wouldn't in this moment, as we've said, we want to offer all, that we wouldn't come with a heavy heart, a feeling condemned, but rather we'd know your embrace, that you're for us, that you love us, and that you invite us to step into everything that you have given us. And I pray, Jesus, that we would know your power to know that today's a new day that we get to offer our all in glory of you God and Jesus I want to pray for many others of us who are just saying Jesus I want to live more intentionally like this I want to live more in glory of you God I want to live more seeking to allow my physicality my mind my emotions to reveal just your love your mercy your goodness your kindness your righteousness pray God as we're saying we're all in we want to offer all we pray Holy Spirit would you give us everything we need and I pray God that you'd cause us to live each of us daily pausing centering on the wonder of the life we have in you Jesus and then continuing this coming week by seeking to lay down our lives, offering our bodies in glory of you, God. Amen.